For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Greetings and salutations and welcome to episode 154 of Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. That's Trev here bringing you all the great news as it is Dallas week. Now it's a little bit of a depressing Dallas week, but then there's a little bit of optimism as we know what Monday brings for this fan base and a little renewed optimism here as the off season will be upon us. Yeah, it's not a good feeling, is it? It's not, right? <laughs> you see all of these these teams who are in the playoffs starting their second string quarterbacks, and it makes you wonder, did Ron Rivera not realize that we were, you know, out of the playoffs and he thought maybe we're in the playoffs, so that's why he wanted to start Jacoby? Because, you know, he didn't know that we were we got eliminated last year. Mm. So maybe maybe it's just a little bit of that old kookiness and Ron Rivera. Of course, we're joking, but the playoffs will be starting after this week and we will be sitting on our couches or getting stuff done because Washington again. won't be there again. Stoner had a great short for that as far as 11 win seasons go, but the playoffs are upon us and NBA action is in in full swing as well. You're going to have a matchup between Michigan and Washington, and you can check out all of the betting odds right on Bet Online. They have everything right at your fingertips for all your latest wagering info, news, and odds are going to be right there at Bet Online. You can either get on your phone or just straight on the website. Just make sure you use the code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll be talking about the game, of course, a little bit later, and we do encourage you to bet responsibly. Uh, and we'll be talking about Dallas, mainly probably about the Sam Howell getting the start over Jacoby Brissett and everything that's not really Dallas-related. Because in week uh, in the cooldown, we'll be giving you our game predictions and how we feel the game is actually going to go. So stay tuned for that. Here in the Don't Sleep warm-up, though, we're going to talk about investing in the line. I did far too much... Uh, uh, Google sheet work here and uh, we're going to get firsthand experience with it here and uh, we've already got lots of chats going on here yam starting things off Ray in here Gus in here as well who this is what I love seeing Gus love seeing this make sure we see of course that uh, path in the comment section because I will absolutely start so we could bring it up when we talk about beating Dallas I personally guys I really don't care where we're drafting <laughs> Would it be exciting to pick two? Yeah. Number one pick is already locked up. So Washington's not going to get the number one pick. But uh, yeah, it would be exciting to be the number two overall pick. But I'll tell you, after doing this research, it's a little scary. All right? Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's not It's not as uh, exciting as it should be. Uh, Yam, Gus, 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 locked in law here. 
as well. Uh, the comment here, not going to be able to share it for the language. Nick Grimjaw. Uh, let's see. Lots of people in here. I've missed a lot of chat because I was a little delayed because we were just mesmerized by all the work I did here on this Google Sheet. Uh, in fact, let's go ahead and just take a look at it as far as the... No, we won't take a look at it. Let's discuss and then we can pull it up. How, how about that? All right. Trev. What up? Where do you stand on how Washington should invest in the line? Should they use that top pick of theirs? They're guaranteed to pick top five. Okay. I'm pretty right. sure at least they'll be in the top five. I, I haven't actually. Oh, they can fall to, fall to seven, I believe. Seven's the lowest they can drop? Okay. Could right. So they're guaranteed to have a top 10 pick. So should they use that on the offensive lineman? Or maybe can they build through other means? Well, since we have a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, draft capital and, and cap space coming up too, I don't know. Right now, I just think that if we have the number top five pick and our biggest need is the most important position of the whole game, quarterback, you take a quarterback. These offensive linemen, every single year, there's always a top five, like a couple of top five prospects offensive linemen that could go top five you know what i'm trying to say mm. and i just feel like with this new regime and the money we have we can maybe make a trade we can go sign free agency we can you know if we're gonna if we're gonna draft a young quarterback you kind of want the o-line to be somewhat experienced um so you know it could be it could you know treat your number two quarterback number two pick a quarterback rookie guy a lot better than what we did to sam Howe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know uh, we invested through that for free agency, but we didn't have a lot of money. Um, a lot of, you know, we didn't have the culture. We didn't have the staff to make it attractive to come here. We didn't have a good draft. Uh, you know, we had other needs to address the draft. We didn't have a good draft pick we had now. So quarterback, invest in the line through free agency, maybe draft a second round, third round, but your top five pick quarterback because that's the most important position and we need that right now. And, and Stoner, so you and I have been, again, we, we're looking at the spreadsheet and we're talking a little bit, and you saw, and we're, we're going to take a look at it in in uh, just a little while, and I'll do my best for our audio listeners to kind of describe what we're looking at. There is a lot of QBs that are actually taken within that top five, and a lot of those sure. QBs failed. Is, is that reason maybe not to go for a QB in that spot no. and then instead invest in the line? You can't look back at history in terms of what other teams have done or that your own team has done and then decide that you can't do it because it hasn't worked out for other teams. Every situation is unique. It, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. You just have to figure out, you have to identify who it is, what it is that you want, and then be able to make that decision. For every failure of the number one overall pick, for quarterbacks, and there is a gazillion of them, there are a gazillion number one overall picks who have been successful. For for So give me a number one overall pick quarterback who has been a, a huge failure within the last 10 years. Or is there is there a number one? Jameis Winston, probably. Jameis Winston, okay. There's, Sam Bradford there's in 2010. Yeah, Sam Bradford's one, right? For every one of those, I'll give you a, a Peyton Manning, or I'll give you a... Trevor Lawrence hasn't quite gotten over that hump, but but he could be getting there. We'll see. You know what I mean? For everyone that has failed, there is a success. For every number two overall pick that was an offensive lineman, 
that has failed. There's been a, num a number two overall pick that has been great. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. When we look at the draft, and we've had so many failures, Washington has, with our second-round pick, and we like mm -hmm. to make fun of it, and it's good fodder. It's good content. But that doesn't mean you don't take a second-round pick this year just because oh, you've yeah. had you don't just package them for somebody else because right. you right. think that you're going to whiff on the second. Right. right. So, but what it comes down to is that whoever they decide to hire as the GM and coach and scouts and all that, whatever they decide to do, whatever their, their frame of mind, whatever their strategy is, that's what we have to get behind and mm -hmm. kind of go with it. They might come in and they might say, we're going to build a line then we're going to get a quarterback. Or they mm -hmm. might come in and say, you can't neglect a quarterback when you're the number two pick. You have to go for it <laughs> Thank you. You have, and I mean, figure you have out to. the line. Whatever to. it is, we don't know that yet, and we'll figure it out. But me yeah. personally, for months and months, I was like, steadfast right here, you have to draft an offensive lineman. Why? Because you thought you already had your quarterback. Sure. And then now you have to build the line. Yeah, well, we found out week eight offensive lineman right. guaranteed. It wasn't even a question. Now that whole thing has changed. <laughs> yep. And now you know you don't have the quarterback. And if you're picking first, second, third, I don't even care if you're picking seventh. You got to figure out a way to get up to one or two to get one of those guys. You exactly. just have to do it. We've been talking about it since the day we started this podcast, almost three years ago now. It's irresponsible if Washington doesn't fully address the quarterback <laughs> position in the offseason. And here we are again. And it would once again be irresponsible if they don't. So to be to be fair to said, the front was, office. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Because be, you don't know yet. You don't know. And and to be fair, yeah. Sona, the front office did address the QB position, just maybe not in the way that we would have yeah, or that panned out to be a long-term answer, That's right? Fair. They got Fitzgerald. We all knew that was probably going to be a bridge quarterback, but could potentially lead the team to the playoffs. He gets injured within the first quarter and a half. They, they trade for Carson Wentz, and the deal was set up precisely the way it ended up working out. If he was bad, he was going to get cut, and you cut your losses. You lose a third-round pick and $28 million for one year. But if he pans out, you have your QB of the future, right? So yeah. they were trying to do this idea of building up the roster and then placing in a QB. And that's what a lot of people were trying to talk to us about was that's how they want to do things. And it's like, well, that's the wrong way of doing things. And, yeah. and it didn't work out for him. That's not to say it won't yeah. work out for the next regime if they want to try it that way. Mm -hmm. But I got in a lot of trouble with people when I said the closer when Washington started that getting into the top five range, I said the closer it gets to one, the more guaranteed we're going to see a QB taken and not something else. And people are like, oh, sure. you can't do this. You can't. Sam is the guy. He just needs this. He just needs this. And we we're hearing all these excuses for mm -hmm. why Sam wasn't performing well and Washington keeps on losing. And it, to me, I wasn't trying to talk about Sam Howell as much as it was just the reality that when you get into this range, you tend to take one of the best. You take you're taking the best player available, and at that point, QBs tend to be the best player available because they're just so valuable to a team that yeah. even if you might have uh, linemen like the one we have on screen here, who I'm not even trying to pronounce his name. 
Foshanu. That's not hard. Foshanu. I always want to say Fosho, but uh, yeah, yeah he's Fosho, right? He's Fosho, okay. and everyone loves him, and it's great. Yeah. But he's probably the fourth person taken in this draft. All um, right, fourth or There's, fifth? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're gonna see. You're gonna see two QBs, and you're yep. gonna see Marvin Harrison Jr. probably go before him. And Joe Alt will probably go before him too. Right. That's why he's either. Joe Alt is an uh, Joe Alt is another one who I'm hearing. And so it's just like I, I don't want to get into the draft specifics here. And that's not what this conversation's for. It's more of a generic because people are like, you have to draft an O-line, and that's what we need. You need to build this team. And we understand that there are different ways to go about it. So I at first just kind of wanted to see how did teams build their line. Uh, well, maybe not necessarily because there are some of these that are free agents, and we're going to see that still, example that's still of that. Building your line, Nathan. But what I'm saying is, like, how are they taking? Like, are these first round picks that are that are in the best lines? Or are these you know a mixture? You know, there's a lot of undrafted free agents that are performing on sure. good teams. So yeah. I just kind of wanted to see where we were in terms of that, and so let's get straight to it. Um, cause again, I'm not going to get into the draft specifics as much as I did want to share here, uh, the work that I've been doing. So it's currently, a great chart, might, might I say, might I commend you, Nathan, that once you kind of look at it and, and study it and figure out what it's saying, it's, it's fantastic to look at and learn from. Absolutely. I absolutely want feedback on this. So for our, our live listeners or people who are watching this on the rewatch, if you can see it. If there's a stat that you would love to see added to it, so that way we can kind of you know show that this is how they're performing. So for our audio listeners, what we're looking at here is I have the teams, I have their winning current winning percentage, and then I have a list of their line going from left to right. And with that, I have where those players were taking in the draft, which round and which round they were. Uh, taken in the draft and for example here we have jacksonville jaguars uh, they have walker little taken in the second ezra cleveland taken in the second luke fortner taken in the third brandon sheriff was taken in the first now he was a free agency pickup but he was still taken in the first and then my guy who i wanted anton harrison taken in the first as well that gives them an average draft position of 1.8 it was the highest tied for the highest with the detroit lions as far as where their players where their linemen were taken in addition to that i also have the pff rankings for these teams i have espn's pass block win record uh, uh yeah win record and win the ESPN win rate that's what it is and then the espn run block win rate as well just to kind of give us an idea of okay this is your number one draft position line but you'll see that question PFF. for you nathan yes whoops sorry this one what's the color code excellent so for those who are watching here the color code you'll see um and i can sort this by any which way we would like to see um winning percentage red is bad uh for the rounds dark green is going to be your first round picks and then it's going to go like a light green or a little lighter green for two and then a lighter green for three the reason why i have those in green one we call those tend to call those blue chip players but it's dallas week so i wanted to stay away from blue okay yeah. that's that's just a me thing um and so those are your 
kind of your top 100 players typically are going to be in your first three rounds. Yeah. After that, you go fourth round is a yellow. Fifth round's a lighter yellow. Sixth round is an even lighter. Seventh is a barely visible yellow. An undrafted free agent is going to be white. Um, and then again, for all these other ones, you're going to see that the color rating here, the more orange or red it gets, the bad, the worse it is yeah, in the scale of things. So let's get to Washington. All I did to get to Washington here was sort the average draft oh, position by the highest number to the lowest, the lowest number, which means that Washington has not invested high draft picks in its starting line. So this might be have, a little bit skewed though, simply because of who's playing. You have currently. like Scott because Andrew Wiley's hurt. Right. Andrew Wiley is also an undrafted free agent. Okay. So it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to double check that, but I, I think <laughs> I, I think I looked oh, that up as well. Let me you keep talking. Mm. I can look it up for you. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm fairly certain if he's not, he might be a seventh. It's not going to skew it enough sure. to really take it off of there. Okay. And so we have a seventh round pick in Charles Leno, a fourth in Sadiq Charles, an undrafted free agent, Tyler Larson, who was the center Washington ended up wanting to go to. Of course, they started with Nick Gates. The line ended up performing a little bit better. Not much, but a little bit better with Tyler Larson. Sam Cosme is a second, and then an undrafted free agent in Trent Scott. And then we'll Wiley wait for is an undrafted, undrafted free agent. agent as See? Well. And so I could have gone with that. Stoner made me type out the names this morning. I had all the sheet ready except for the names. He was like, it'd be nice if we had names. So I had to redo 90% of this chart because the names actually <laughs> threw everything off. But this is where we're at. Now you'll see with Washington. And there I saw that uh, someone is on the phone. So I appreciate you, Jim, for, for watching here. He's coming from Twitter. Mm, uh, cool. So I know you can't see the sheet. So again, we have audio listeners as well. I'm going to try to talk through this as much as possible. I don't like reading necessarily off the screen, but I want to make sure our audio listeners can follow along here. Washington is ranked 20th in PFF ranking. But you'll see that their pass block win rate is actually kind of a light green, meaning that it's at it's actually towards the top of this chart here. Actually, I got to go some Z to uh, um, so there are Washington would be ranked 13th mm -hmm. in the pass block win rate. And this is where I know things are going to get funky. All right. And we're going to go back to we're going to we're going to leave the screen here and just talk for a little bit as far as what I went with and why I went with it. Okay. These are available data points and I have, I have a blank sheet of paper here. So people are like, well, this is actually a better data point. You tell me and we'll write, I'll write it down and I'll add it to the chart. If it's behind a paywall, I'll talk with stone or we'll pay the, we'll take from the ref account and we'll put it there. I know, for instance, Stoner, you're going to go off the sniff test. And a lot of people yeah, like Trev sure. will go off the eyeball test or they're just they're like, I don't care about all this funny business. Mm -hmm. I want who's the who's the best offense. So, Trev, tell me, who do you think is the best offense? And I'll pull them up here for us to look at on the chart. The best offense. Yeah. Wow. Hate to say it, but we're probably playing them on Sunday. You, you, you sure. said so the Dallas Cow, Dallas Cowboys, okay? I mean, so I'm going to start with a few touchdowns. 
Yeah. So let's yeah. see here. Dallas is Dallas mm-hmm. is only 15th in your average draft position. Um, so they're dead center. And, so they're dead Almost center dead with dead. with uh, with what they're bringing to the table here. And so let me see if I can't at least a little bit highlight here. Uh, doesn't do a great job, but Dallas Cowboys, of course, they have one of the better winning percentages. They have Tyron Smith, who was drafted in the first. Tyler Smith, who was drafted in the first. Tyler uh, Tyler Biadaz, drafted in the fourth. Zach Martin in the first. And then an undrafted free agent at right tackle and Terrence Steele. PFF does have their line ranked as the sixth best. And they do have strong percentages both in the pass block win rate and the run block win rate. So, but like we pointed out here, they're dead center in how they invested. So even though they have three first round picks and you'd think that would make them one of the higher ones, they also have a fourth rounder and an undrafted free agent, which kind of pulls them down there. And yes, Gus Bus, we have three first rounders that we're talking about on this line. There are some injuries there. And I didn't put their backups who are currently playing because I wanted to see just kind of who is because those injuries had happened more recently. One of the things that I want to make sure people understand with this is similarly to Washington's defensive line, the vaunted defensive line that we had various nicknames for, right? Because they were all first round picks. Mm-hmm. It never got off the ground. Right. It didn't work. So even though that's an example of first rounders on one of the better offenses, I showed you there's three first rounders on the, uh, let's see here. There's two first rounders on the giants. There's two first rounders um, on the Broncos. So it's not necessarily having to get a first round pick. And then I, I could probably go even further to show you where they were taking. In fact, actually I could. Because Washington has a top five pick coming up to them, right? And so one of the things I wanted to look at was, with the top five pick, how many times was a tackle taken there? And in the last 10 years, the tackles taken were Andrew Thomas, Brandon Sheriff, who ended up moving to guard, absolute stud at guard, but was drafted as a tackle, Mm -hmm. Greg Robinson, Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel and Lane Johnson stud. It's -hmm. interesting. You say Eric Fisher and Luke Jokel are studs. They're out of the league. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they, they were studs in their time. Sure. But I mean, that was, we're talking, this is a decade now. Yeah. That was a full 10 full seasons ago. Yeah. So if you can get a guy and I think Eric Fisher just, this past year. I think there's this past year. Yeah. Yeah. He was out of Lane, Lane Johnson's still playing. He's old. Yeah. Just and, old. And Lane Fisher Johnson was last year, I believe. And I could be wrong. I think he was a pro bowler last year, even mm-hmm. though he retired after that. So if you can get 10 years of pro bowl type play with your top five pick, that's what you're supposed to get. Exactly. Right? So there's only been, as you say, there's only been what six of them, five of them, one, two, three, four, six of them, six in ten yeah. years. I would say all six of them, five out of the six of them, Greg, Greg Robinson was. I was going to say bust. Greg Robinson, yeah, was a bust, and we don't know about Andrew Thomas yet because he's only in year two or year three. We're not he's sure. You had, you've got studs there, and then when you go and you look at all of those quarterbacks 
and there are in the last 10 years just by glancing at it 15 to 20 yeah, dog. yeah. and how many are studs and you can't again you can't oh. go with the last two years but you've got two <laughs> studs i mean two is in there burrows in there uh, that's about it for when you, have trevor, you have trevor lawrence trevor lawrence CJ Stroud looks well. like a stud. Anthony but Richardson looked like Cam a stud. Yeah, that's not Cam Newton won MVP. Robert no, you're G going back too far. Yeah, he, he's been saying since 2013. Oh, yeah, Blake, oh, okay. going up from, from there, right? You have Blake yeah. Bortles, not a good one. Jam Jameis Winston, he's a backup. Marcus Mariota might be out of the league next year. Uh, he's hanging yeah. on by a thread. He's been a backup most of his career. Jared Goff might end up in the Super Bowl, mess up and end up in a Super Bowl again with Detroit. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to be starting for the yeah, Los Angeles Rams, but he he's, he's a bust. He, he's a bust. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, a bust. bust. Sam Darnold, bust. Baker Mayfield mm. is a fine quarterback. He's not. He's in his third team already. He's on his third team. Uh, Kyler Murray looks like he might regain something uh, there. Joe Burrow, people <laughs> like Tua is everyone who wanted you know Tua apparently. Uh, since Chase Young was a bust, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's he's quality. Zach Wilson is bust. Trey Lance is not only on his second team, but he's a third stringer. And the third, the the three rookies from this year, you can't judge them yet. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah. You, you can say what you want about Bryce Young and everyone wants to call him a bust. I mean, come on. He's had one year. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm not ready to call him a bust yet. And I'm also no, not ready to crown C.J. Stroud as a, an all-pro yet. It's no, one year. So guys have looked great. Baker Mayfield looked great in one year, in one particular year. Looked like the franchise guy, and then he wasn't, and so on and so forth. The same with Trevor Lawrence, really. He, yeah. He's had one really good year, and he's had a couple of really not-so-great years, so you don't yeah. quite know yet. His numbers really don't show us that he's a generational talent, so hopefully we can retire that term going well, forward. Go back to that. Um, Nathan, if you can go back to that, not the – not the, the O-line chart. One, the, yeah, the O-line chart. Yeah, I was and going to because it's, yeah. If you can, sort that by winning percentage. Absolutely. Winning percentage first. So he's going to do that first. And I think what's what's interesting about the winning percentage, Um, these are all your best teams over here. And then if mm -hmm. you go over to the right and you go to average draft position, and you see it's it's two – Four and a half, two, three, 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 five. five. But they're all, that's all average draft position. The draft four, four rounds. is a little, but it's below average. And so is five, two, but like the three, yeah. two, three, four, three, six. Yeah. Very much an average. If you look at the Miami Dolphins, who are obviously one of the better teams in this league, their average draft round for their five offensive linemen is the fifth round. They are not heavily invested in first-round draft picks. And they have a quarterback who is not mobile and who is susceptible to injury if he gets hit. So what do they have to do 
in order to get that 688 win percentage with the quarterback and not high draft picks, they have to design an offense Mm -hmm. that works with the quick passing game, the timing passing game, and a quarterback who understands an offense and skill receivers on the outside and running backs. It sort of all comes together. If you don't have studs on the line, but you have a stud quarterback, you better figure out a way to fix it, to fix an offense, to help them out. And if you've got a stud offensive line and you don't have a quarterback, well, you better figure out a way to have that quarterback be a system quarterback and run your offense efficiently. It all really, to me, it all comes down to the coaching and how they're able to use the talent that they have to be successful. And it's different for everybody. Again, if you if you now go back to average draft position, if you will, Nathan, and go um, – oh, Average draft position, sure. Yeah, the average draft position and go from worst to best. So that's the worst. Hold on. Let yeah, me do the reverse opposite. that. Yep. So the worst draft position is the Washington Commanders. Now, is their offensive line really that horrible? Again, Nathan pointed it out with their pass block win rate is actually top 13. And their run block win rate is kind of average, maybe a little bit below average. Do they have a quarterback? It doesn't look like it. But what they didn't have is they didn't have a coaching staff, to me, that was able to look at the talents that they had and be able to work around the weaknesses. And if you just go down that average draft position, and you'll see mostly, as Nathan and I were talking about before the show, the the average draft position, which is the worst ones, Washington, New England, Vegas, Tennessee, maybe skip the Rams and Dolphins and 49s, then you go Packers, all the things that they have in common, they don't have a quarterback. And so if you don't have a line and you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be a good team for the most part. But then you've got Miami who overcomes that. You've got the 49ers who overcome that. And then if you flip it and you look at the average draft position who have the best lines in terms of where they drafted them, they all all the things they have in common, they got a quarterback. Yeah, Detroit Lions, Jacksonville, Baltimore, Houston. You skip the Giants. The Broncos were a mess. Minnesota, better team with Kirk Cousins than not with Kirk Cousins. Um, and it, so it is something there, Jim. I failed to provide a share only link, a view only link of this, uh, but it is something I plan on doing after the show. Is we'll provide this uh, as a view only link so people can do it. Uh, maybe, maybe during one of the breaks or one of the other discussion points, I might be able to figure out how to do that very quickly. Uh, but I um, uh, won't be able to do that just now. There was a couple of things people had noticed when we had this up here. Uh, and I will do this back to the winning percentage. Locked on Law was calling them out there. Morgan Moses on the Baltimore Ravens. Trent Williams on the San Francisco 49ers. And Jerron Christian. Don't. A former third round pick with the Cleveland Browns. Now Stoner, look at I'm his not, numbers. I'm not. Dang good. I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to give flowers to Jerron Christian, but he is, he is starting. the starting left tackle on the Cleveland Browns, who Why? have are tied for their top. Because Tristan Wirth is hurt. Five. Yes, Tristan Wirth is, is hurt because he's there because he has to. 
not because yeah. they want him to be. So that is yeah. one actually the Cleveland and Browns would actually probably get a little higher if I add another one Wirfs up there. I don't know if Locked On put this one in here as well, but add Brandon Sheriff. He's another one, right? Yep, Brandon, Brandon Sheriff is. You're right. Yeah, you that's have a little further down, linemen. but yeah, he's up there. You have offensive linemen all over this league that could, or at one time were on was on this Washington team, and this Washington line could be better. It's just a total mismanagement of roster and coaching. But I will say this also, Nathan, looking through this whole thing, the one thing I will always come back to, and you're going to hear this for the next four months probably, there is no blueprint. You can't look at this and say, okay, this is exactly what Washington should do in regards to the offensive line slash quarterback slash draft slash free agency. There's no blueprint that says if you do this, you'll win. Because if there was, everybody would do it. It just comes down to whoever is the talent evaluators for an organization, the general manager, scouts, all that good stuff, identifying who those players are, working with the head coach, and deciding on how that player will fit effectively into the team's plans offensively, defensively, and then having a coaching staff being able to properly coach them and designing plays again, both offensively and defensively to take advantage of the strengths of these players. But you see a lot of times they want to bring people in and teach them their system, their way of doing things instead of saying, Oh, two has got a, a strong arm and he's very quick with his decisions and he's super accurate. Okay, let's design an offense where he drops back seven step drops all the time because that's my offense. You can't do it. You have to play to their to their strengths and design around their strengths. But there's no blueprint. There, there's nothing that says this is what you have to do. But I will say also, you got to get a quarterback. I do know that. <laughs> yeah. Period. That period that end is- of story. Period over anything. The value of getting a quarterback in a top two, three, seven, wherever you happen to be, takes precedent over anything that you want to do with the rest of your roster. Yep. I yeah. agree. I'm, I'm sorry. I was working, and I'm going to go ahead and see if this will work. I'm going to post the link that should pop up in all of the areas to uh, to get to. So the doc is published. Someone's going to have to test that out for me, make sure it works the way that it was intended. Um, but because I do want this data to be available to everybody and I want people to give input to it. I want if there is, again, something that someone wants to see there, I can absolutely put it in. And I'm going to continue working on this, especially as we get closer to the draft. I want to see how teams are built and what we can do. It's not just going to be the O-line. It's not just going to be the top five of the draft. It's going to be where value can be uh, given at any point because I want people to take a look at this and make a more informed decision. It might be. One of the things that kind of came to my mind when I was doing this was maybe if Washington, uh, thank you, Locked On Law, if Washington you know, doesn't like one of those quarterbacks at the top for whatever reason. Maybe Caleb Williams was taken on the first and they don't like Drake May or they don't like Jaden Daniels or they don't like Penix Jr. And they're like, you know what? We're going to go ahead and trade back uh, into the like the seventh pick and pick up some accumulate some stuff, which is quite possible. A lot of people Mm -hmm. are pointing to a couple different 
uh, GMs, assistant GMs right now that come from the background of teams who have done that. And so if mm-hmm. they if that's what Washington does, I know fans are going to be super upset. Um, but as long as there's a plan there and they use those picks, that would be very exciting. Philadelphia is actually one of the ones that does this, that people are looking at maybe coming to this. And I'm going to share this one last time unless somebody has a need for it. But Grimjaw here said that Philadelphia is the one that he says has the best line. And this is what Stoner was talking about a little bit when it comes to there's no real way to build the line. You just got to get the right guys mm-hmm. in the right spots. Jordan Malata is a seventh-round pick. Jason Kelsey is a sixth-round pick. There's only one, one first-round pick on there, Lane Johnson, mm-hmm. who they have. They have a couple second-rounders. And so when doing this, this is where it's like either they should trade back or perhaps they should take a QB. And then from that point, they can use one of their couple top picks for they have five top 100 picks. So that's where, to me personally, if Washington does not take a uh, take two offensive linemen in the first five picks, I'd be very disappointed. Okay, let me counter that, Nathan. What if they pick up two of the best offensive linemen in free agency? Free agency happens first. Sure. What if they picked up two stud offensive linemen? I believe uh, a couple of guys who are out there in terms of tackles, Tyron Smith's available, Dwayne Brown's available. I don't know, you know, what your opinions are on them as players. They stay two left tackles that are available uh, as free agents. What if they do that? Then your your opinion obviously right. changes. You're right. right. You're right. Obviously, right now I'm saying you need to invest the line because this yeah, is yeah. free free agency. Free agency uh, starts March 15th. We're gonna have our wish list for that, and we're gonna mm-hmm. see really where this GM and new front office has really gone to work to see where they're going to build, and that will likely tell us what they're going to do in the draft as well. Because if they build up that offensive line, maybe they do go a QB. I wouldn't be surprised if they still dra- dropped back. Maybe they get Marvin Harrison uh, Jr. because they yeah. said that they believe in Sam Howell. Who knows? We right. still have lots of time. That's exactly yeah. right, Nathan. I mean, the new GM could come in and say exactly that. They could say, <laughs> I believe in Sam Howell. Or they can say, we're going to re-sign Jacoby Brissett to be a bridge guy for the next two years while we build up. And then they're going to bring in two offensive linemen. Then they could turn around and say, okay, we can basically draft best player available. Let's go get Marvin Harrison. So there's so many options, and it all depends on the mindset of the GM and, and head coach. Yeah, It's going to be – a go ahead, Trev. You don't have to be a, a genius when, for this draft. We have the number two pick potentially. Mm-hmm. Go get a quarterback. Bottom line, period. There should be no other discussion. I don't care who the GM – like – Whoever comes in here should know if we have the number two pick and our previous quarterback just almost broke the record for, for sacks taken. Before that, we had Taylor Heineke. Before that, we had old man Fitzpatrick, Garrett mm-hmm. Gilbert. We've had all these – they have a chance to do something great because we have a lot of draft capital and money. You Just go get a quarterback at number two if that's what you have. And top five, get you a quarterback. Okay, we saw the Bengals do it, and then they said they need O line. Well, they do, they got a receiver, and then the year after that, they win the Super Bowl. Okay, they invested the O line later. So, and then Joe Burrow has had two season-ending injuries in four years, but he's also been to the Super Bowl. 
I'm, I'm, let me get to that Cincinnati. We haven't even here. sniffed the playoffs. I'll I'll yeah. take my franchise guy being hurt for a season, <laughs> but our O line and everybody else is still good enough to get us to where we need to go. You know what let, I mean? Let, yeah, I'm gonna get to the Cincinnati one here in a little bit here. Pick two in QB. And and I will caveat, like we said, with Washington's draft history um in the second round, you just don't avoid it, right? A lot of people were like, you don't take an Ohio State quarterback, CJ Stroud, looking pretty good in his rookie year here. But I'm gonna read off your pick twos just to kind of a QBs here, just to kind of let you know what what we're getting into. Zach Wilson, Mitchell Trubisky, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, and RG3 were all taken since 2012 on that second over. Again, not a reason to shy away from taking a QB. Just sure. wanted to point out there that, oh, my goodness. Uh, well, look at your pick threes. But all, your, your pick yes, threes are even Trey worse. Lance, Sam Darnold, Blake Bortles. Yeah. And, you guys, this is the very first <laughs> time we're going to go through an entire offseason without Dan Snyder and what's left of Dan Snyder. Sure. You know? So those guys that we picked at number two didn't pan out, but, you know, they probably just saw the highlight tape and said, yeah, take RG3. You know, they just saw the highlight tape and said, yeah, take Chase Young. You know, they didn't really dive any further deeper. So this is the first time we actually get to a full evaluation to see what this team is going to be like. So at number or two. You, Washington yeah, or you takes, didn't get the old – uh, you know, pick 17, I think it was, where he says, hey, let's take Dwayne Haskins when yeah. nobody in the building yeah. wanted to take Dwayne Haskins. Exactly. But the owner did. So you're not, saw, you're hopefully not going to have that. Came off his yacht famously. That's why I don't like hearing when people, when people say, when you hear all these reports that Washington is leaning, leaning in this certain direction, that they're leaning towards taking a quarterback with one of the first two picks. You don't even know don't who's going to hear that right. 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 I don't want to hear that right now because I don't want to. The only one who would be would be Dan Snyder and Eugene Shen. And I don't want them deciding the direction of the Harris. franchise. You mean Josh? What did Harris. I say? Dan you, you said the former yeah. guy. That's Sorry. a dollar and then some. <laughs> yeah. For trying to don't do not put that bad juju on us. Okay. We got rid I don't of want, I don't want Josh Harris and Eugene Shen having this early decision on the direction of the franchise. When the people, the most important people to make those decisions aren't even in the building yet. Have they had discussions with people? 100% they have. In fact, you might see a GM get hired within the first two weeks mm-hmm. after the end of the season. You probably mm-hmm. will, and possibly even a coach. Yeah. So Josh they've been Harrison talking to playing. a bunch of people, <laughs> but you don't want to hear anything coming out of camp saying they're coming out of uh, Ashburn. We're saying Caleb Williams at number two. Yeah, nah, you don't want to hear that. Because you don't want to hear that. That means the owner is getting involved in personnel decisions, and that's and the we last will not thing be taking him. We you want to hear that with like a week or two before the draft that, like, yo, we're because that's or, what all the other or teams at least a week or two after the new people are in. Uh, I'll take it the day after they come in. Okay, if the guy comes in and he says, <laughs> Yeah, if he if he's already said, Here's the path that we're going for, we're taking I'm Michael okay with in here at number two and move it on. And and maybe and and Yam, I know Yam's in here, and Yam cannot stand Jaden Daniels out of LSU. He says Caleb or Drake, right? But yeah. not Jaden Daniels. I don't know. If this GM and coach come in and they say we want Jaden Daniels, I'll be your biggest Jaden Daniels supporter <laughs> in the world. No, because man. we haven't we haven't sat there before and, last year. Right. 
he actually did have he did have two he actually had a good year last year in lsu but he had a lot more running numbers this year Jaden daniels really exploded on the scene with passing numbers i'm going to be doing deep dives and i'll probably actually change this from o-line data to just ref the district data and i'll keep updating and giving tabs and kind of doing it because one of the other things i'm going to dive into because someone had mentioned this was well because washington went out there at like pick five and pick four they're like Oh, well, they'll get the third best quarterback. And I, so I want to see when the third best quarterback is in each of these drafts mm. because it's sometimes not as bad as you would think. I'm, I'm going right. to just go over by myself here. Anthony Richardson was the third one. Trey Lance, not good. I don't have anyone in the top five who's a third, uh, third quarterback picked um, on here outside of uh, Alakai Smith. Woof. Okay. Healy. Achille. He doesn't deserve to have his name pronounced because he was a he was a draft bust there. But I'm gonna go deep into it because I know someone I know Josh Allen was one. Um uh, Justin Herbert Justin was Herbert another was one who was who was a third taken. round pick. So I'm gonna Not go deeper round, into that. Third, yeah, third third, third QB, QB pick. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the Cincinnati Bengals thing before we close this out here. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals at a 500 record, having a good QB, obviously, who's now injured and out and taking famously taking Jamar Chase instead mm -hmm. of uh, P9 Sewell, uh, mm -hmm. who the Detroit Lions picked up. Uh, they have they have an average draft position that's right in the middle. They are they are tied for the 15th spot with that with a 3.4 they have orlando brown jr from the third round cordell volson from the fourth round ted Karras in the sixth round alex kappa in the, the third and jonah williams in the first mm -hmm. they're however ranking for their offensive line 21st with pff their pass block win rate is at 51%, which ranks them below average. And their 72% run block win rate is also kind of average to below average. So their line draft not heavily invested in and also not performing very well there for, um, uh, for them there. So Again, we'll be keeping this updated. We're going to be finding more data. We will take people's opinions on it and what we can po possibly do better because I know people aren't big fans of PFF rankings. I know that some people aren't a big fan of those ESPN rankings because they feel like they're a little fudged. If there's somebody's smell test that you can trust, let me know. I'll put it on there because there was actually one that I had talked with Stoner. I think it was the PTN uh uh, football rankings. I was going to put theirs on, but that was a subjective ranking. So that's why I kept that one off. We have all the time in the world to talk specifics on the draft because our off season is going to be starting on Monday, but that does mean that we still have one game left. It is Dallas week here for ref the district. It's time to beat Dallas. Gus, I'm trusting you put in that way to keep the second overall pick while beating the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about it here in the game. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.